Hey, welcome to A Moment with M&MJ. This is Mary Jo. And Mike. We are ready to share with you another, just some thoughts on an Appeal to Heaven 2. Yep, Appeal to Heaven Part 2. Um, there's so much that, I mean, we could probably sit and just broadcast until Memorial Day on this whole thing. Who knows? Maybe we will. And maybe we will. That's, that's a good thought. But first... We do want to announce our event. Uh, we are going to do the Appeal to Heaven meeting. God kind of, not kind of, he definitely spoke in my ear and said, call an Appeal to Heaven meeting. Mm-hmm. So we're going to do it. And we've got some flags. Yep. So we're going to have the banner flying. Yep. It's time. It's time for the church and the body of Christ to get as serious as we possibly can on this and pray and affect change for the nation. Right. So uh, I've got a pile of stuff to share on just the whole concept of the appeal to heaven. We talked a little bit about it last time. We talked about how the flag came about, and we talked about uh, Olam El. We talked about uh, the Iroquois a little bit. Um. There was something that God said to me in prayer one night, and it was this. He said, appealing to heaven releases the angelic heavenly host to fight on our behalf. And I thought that was pretty amazing because there's all sorts of stories of Old Testament kings, Old Testament prophets, Mm -hmm. who in times of crisis called on the Lord. They appealed to heaven. They appealed to God for help, and God showed up. Yeah, one was Asa, right? Yep, it was Asa in Second Chronicles 14. Uh, that's a great story as far as, as really just looking at the humility of Asa, okay? Looking at that and him saying, you know what, I know I can't do this myself. Well, and wasn't there like over a million of the enemy's um, warriors, and yeah. he had like... 300,000 or something like that? Yeah, he, he didn't even... He had, well, a little more than half the number. Okay. Um, I'll just go ahead and read that chapter 14, and we can kind of uh, go through and see. He was up against insurmountable odds, or so it would seem, but he called on the God of heaven, and God said, uh, yep, here we go, I'm with you. So Second Chronicles 14, I'm going to just read the whole chapter, and it's in the Amplified Version. So Abijah slept with his fathers, and they buried him in the city of David. And Asa, his son, reigned in his stead. In his days, the land was at rest for 10 years. And I'm going to just stop for just a second. Yes, we're going to finish talking about the event. We'll do that in a little while. Okay. All right. So I'll start over. Abijah slept with his fathers, and they buried him in the city of David. And Asa, his son, reigned in his stead. In his days, the land was at rest for 10 years. I'm going to give a shout-out to our good friend Catherine Carty for uh, uh, bringing this one to our attention because this is a powerful story. Thanks, Kath. And Asa did what was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. He took away the foreign altars and high places and broke down the idol pillars or obelisks and cut down the Asherim, symbols of the goddess Asherah, and commanded Judah to seek the Lord, the God of their fathers, to inquire of and for him and crave him as a vital necessity. How many of you think that's probably a key? Right. Craving the Lord as a vital necessity. And it's something that that's part of like being on fire for God or being right. hot. 
yes. you know, for God. Right, like mm-hmm. what Jesus said in uh, Revelation 3. He said, uh, I would that you were cold or hot. If you're lukewarm, I'm going to spit you out. Uh-huh. I'm going to puke you up is basically <laughs> what he said. It's just like you're like vomit in my mouth. Not so it's like, yuck. Mm. So craving God is a, <clears throat> excuse me, craving God is a vital necessity. Uh, I'll pick up in verse 4 again. And commanded Judah to seek the Lord, the God of their fathers, to inquire of and for him and crave him as a vital necessity and to obey the law and the commandment. Also, Asa took out of all the cities of Judah the idolatrous high places and the incense altars, and the kingdom had rest under his reign. So he put God first. He put God's things first. Yes. Honored the Lord. Yes. And he built fortified cities in Judah, for the land had rest. He had no war in those years, for the Lord gave him peace. Therefore he said to Judah, Let us build these cities and surround them with walls, towers, gates, and bars. The land is still ours, because we sought the Lord our God. We have sought him yearning for him with all our desire, and he has given us rest and peace on every side. So they built and prospered. Asa had an army of 300,000 men out of Judah who bore bucklers and spears, and 280,000 men out of Benjamin who bore shields and drew bows, all mighty men of courage. Okay, so he had 580,000 men. There came out against Judah Zerah the Ethiopian with a host of a million that is too many to be numbered, and 300 chariots, and came, came as far as Merishah. Then Asa went out against him, and they set up their lines of battle in the valley of Zephtath at Merishah. Asa cried to the Lord his God. Now listen to this one right here. This is the heart of a king appealing to heaven. Asa cried to the Lord his God, O Lord, there is none besides you to help, and it makes no difference to you whether the one you help is mighty or powerless. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rely on you, and we go against this multitude in your name. O Lord, you are our God. Let no man prevail against you. So the Lord smote the Ethiopians before Asa and Judah, and the Ethiopians fled. Asa and the people with him pursued them to Gerar, and the Ethiopians were overthrown so that none remained alive, for they were destroyed before the Lord and his host who carried away very much booty. And they smote all the cities round about Gerar, for the fear of the Lord came upon them. They plundered all the cities, for there was much plunder in them. They smote also the cattle encampments and carried away sheep in abundance and camels, and they returned to Jerusalem. That's really good. What an amazing picture of... Calling upon God. Yeah, just really... When everything else looked like it was against you, Mm -hmm. which is... What we're doing now, we're calling upon God. Right. When it looks like so many are against God. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pick up another instance that Catherine sent us, Second uh, Chronicles 20 with Jehoshaphat. Uh, I'm going to just start reading in verse 1. After this, the Moabites, the Ammonites, and with them the Men- Munites came against Jehoshaphat to battle. It was told Jehoshaphat, a great multitude has come against you from beyond the Dead Sea, from Edom, and behold, they are in Hazazon Tamar, which is in Gedi. Then Jehoshaphat feared and set himself determinedly as his vital need. There we go again. He set himself determinedly as his vital need to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast in all of Judah. 
And Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. Even out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord, yearning for him with all their desire. And Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? In your hand are power and might so that none is able to withstand you. Did not you, O our God, drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? They dwelt in it and have built you a sanctuary in it for your name, saying, If evil comes upon us, the sword of judgment or pestilence or famine, we will stand before this house and before you for your name and the symbol of your presence is in this house and cry to you in our affliction and you will hear and save. That's good. Boom. I love it. Absolutely love it. And how parallel is that? To what's going on right now. To what's going on right now. And then what happened with Asa, talking about they came to seek the Lord, yearning for him with all their desire. And, you know, we're, we're stuck right in the middle of that right now in this nation. I can't see personally, and I don't believe there is, at this point in time, any way for this nation to return to the ancient path. Mm-hmm. The, the covenant that we have that this nation was created under. Well, we have to know the covenant. Uh-huh. And we have to know what the founders said. Mm-hmm. Do you want to know what the founders said? I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> I've got a list. I'm going to pull it up here real quick. I compiled a list of quotes from uh, the founders, basically. And, you know, it's always good to hear what the founders had to say. It's definitely not um, It's not something that a lot of people know. It's not something that's taught. Or something that sometimes might have been changed. Watered down. Yeah. Changed. Mm-hmm. Altered. Which I heard something the other day. What's that? That a lot of Bibles are being printed in China and that yeah. that there's things that are being left out on purpose. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. One of them, so, I know for a fact there's a verse that's being left out of the Bible, and this is from the inception of the of uh, the New Testament, was Matthew, Matthew 17, 21. We'd have to Where look, Jesus is talking about uh, the disciples went and tried to cast a demon out of a, mm-hmm. uh, a boy, and they couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. So they... Father, the, the boy's father brought his boy to Jesus. Jesus cast the devil out. Later, when the apostles were like, hey, the disciples were like, hey, Jesus, what's the deal? Why couldn't we do it? Mm-hmm. And he said, because of your uh, unbelief, for I say to you, if you uh, have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, go from here to there, and, and it uh, will obey, and nothing shall be impossible to you. However, This kind of demon, that's verse 21, however, this kind of demon, the Passion says it like this, this kind of demon goes not out but by prayer and fasting. Mm -hmm. Okay, so basically, the the whole elimination of that concept of prayer and fasting and not having that be something that Jesus said that we need to do is, has almost taken the right arm off the church. So... That's actually left out of several translations, right? That particular verse. It is. That you need prayer and fasting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, it is. So anyway, that was free. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would say be cautious of what you get as far as a translation, but make sure 
that you have, you know, like we go through several. We go through the Passion, we go through the Amplified, we go through the King James. I take some stuff out of New Living because each one of them has a little bit different viewpoint on it, and mm-hmm. some of it look at a little bit more of the the deeper interpretation of the original Greek and Hebrew. Right. Okay. But if you've got a Bible that has a lot of numbers missing as you're reading through a chapter and it's got a lot of verses missing, I would probably red flag it. And well, say, and some uh, people might want to be looking for an older Bible too. Mm-hmm. You know, you might want to be watching your family if right. if there's one that's available. And right. And I will say this just as another freebie. Um, if you're going to get the Amplified, get the Amplified Classic. Because there have been some revisions that have watered down some of the Amplified Bible in the current newer Amplified version. So make sure you get I the Amplified Classic. I just heard that classic. too. Maybe yes. it was the same subject or same yes. conversation. Yes. But. Okay. So with those freebies, um, you're welcome. We're going to get back to the Founding Fathers, and we're going to look at some of the things that they shared. The question was America founded by godly men, and did these godly men say that it is very necessary to have God in government and our nation? Was America founded on godly principles? And I would dare say the answer is yes. Look at the Mayflower Compact, one of the first compacts ever put forth um, in this nation. Uh, was done in 1620 at the landing of the Mayflower. In the name of God, amen. We whose names are underwritten, the loyal subjects of our dread sovereign Lord King James, by the grace of God of Great Britain, France, and Ireland, King, Defender of the Faith, etc. Having undertaken for the glory of God and advancements of the Christian faith and the honor of our king and country, a voyage to plant the first colony in the northern parts of Virginia, do by these presents, do by these presents, solemnly and mutually, in the presence of God and one other, one another covenant and combine ourselves together into a civil body politic for our better ordering and preservation and furtherance of the ends aforesaid and by virtue hereof to enact constitute and frame such just and equal laws ordinances acts constitutions and offices from time to time as shall be thought most meet and covenant and convenient for the general good of the colony unto which we promise all due submission and obedience uh Robert Hunt was one of the first pilgrims to land on the coast of uh, the United States, what became the United States, in 1607. He said this, We do hereby dedicate this land and ourselves to reach the people within these shores with the gospel of Jesus Christ and to raise up godly generations after us and with these generations take the kingdom of God to all the earth. May this covenant of dedication remain to all generations as long as this earth remains And may this land, along with England, be evangelist to the world. May all who see this cross, he planted a cross in the beach when they landed. May all who see this cross remember what we have done here. And may those who come here to inhabit join us in this covenant and in this most notable work that the Holy Scriptures may be fulfilled. I'd say that's pretty obvious. That's very obvious. They got into covenant with God. They hit the shore. They planted a cross in the sand and say, hey, from this place, the gospel is going to go out to the four corners of the world. And so every time we speak about the covenant, we are basically holding that word, and God hears us use that word. And Indeed. then he says, I I know my covenant, or I remember my covenant, mm-hmm. and he gets involved. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, last time uh, we, in our last podcast, I referenced an article where we talked a little bit about the appeal to heaven flag and the origins of it. Um, there was, at the, in the last paragraph of that, there were several of our fo- uh, founders who were cited in there as having used the phrase or a facsimile of appeal to heaven, right? So I'm going to go through those because it's like, well, okay, what in the world did they say? I'm so glad you asked. Again, I'm going to tell you. (laughs) Everybody, I'm asking questions just by looking at Mike. (laughs) It's awesome. All right, John Locke, all right, in his second treatise of civil government, he wrote this, and where the body of the people or any single man is deprived of their right, or is under the exercise of a power without right, and have no appeal on earth, they have a liberty to appeal to heaven. Boom. We did mention that about, that we have, as citizens of heaven, we have the right to appeal to heaven, yes. and we should be yes. appealing to heaven. And then we went through the scripture in Acts chapter mm-hmm. 25, where we talked about that too. Right. Uh, Patrick Henry, in his speech, Give Me Liberty or Give Me Death, said this, quote, our petitions have been slighted. Our remonstrances have been have produced additional violence and insult. Our supplications have been disregarded, and we have been spurned with contempt from the foot of the throne. We must fight. I repeat, sir, we must fight. An appeal to arms and to the God of hosts is all that is left us. Now, I'm going to throw this in here. I am not advocating that we go and throw bombs on the government. Right. We are appealing to heaven. Mm-hmm. Okay. Quote from the cause and necessity of taking up arms. Now, this was something that was written as a uh, kind of a precursor to the Declaration of Independence. Okay. And a lot of the founders who wrote this particular document were signers of the Declaration of Independence. Right. And we know what happened to a lot of them. Uh, they ended up getting killed. Okay. A quote from the cause and necessity of taking up arms with an humble confidence in the mercies of the supreme and impartial judge and ruler of the universe. We most devoutly implore his divine goodness to protect us happily through this great conflict to dispose our adversaries to reconciliation on reasonable terms and thereby to relieve the empire from the calamities of civil war. The final paragraph of the Declaration of Independence. The Declaration of Independence is a barn burner. If you haven't read it in its entirety, pull up the document and read it. It is amazing. You will see a lot of what we're talking about here that the founders wrote in the Declaration. Yes, go. Well, I was just thinking about, we read a little bit in the Declaration of Independence after I got a word from God mm-hmm. that said there was going to be a changing of the guard. Right, and, and that's then in the declaration. Is that in yeah, that that's last in the, paragraph? It's not. It's oh, it's okay. like in the second paragraph, the first okay. or second paragraph, probably the second. But uh, it talks about in the Declaration of Independence, it talks about that changing of the guard. I really felt impressed one day that I should just start reading the Declaration of Independence. Mm-hmm. And I started reading... And I get to that part where it says a changing of the guard. Mary Jo's face lit up, and she goes, "Guess what? I just got that the other day. The changing of the guard." Right. So, so I, we're expecting some awesome things for yes. the United States of America. God has said this is His nation. Yes. And, but we're to do our part, and mm-hmm. we believe our part is in quoting scripture over this nation, in having this meeting that we're talking about, and in 
yeah. sharing what we're sharing right now on the podcast. Share what you got uh, the other day from the Lord about sculpting the nation. Ah, okay. Because that applies perfectly right here. Um, something about, did you write it down on that other sheet over there? I did, but I wrote it here too. Perfect. <laughs> so this was on um, April 12th at quarter to six in the afternoon. <clears throat> and Mike, Mike and I basically had just, you know, we had just shared a moment of laughing. And this is <laughs> what God awesome. said. Know that I sit in the heavens and laugh. Calamity shall not come near you, but you will see my hand move mightily, mightily in your presence. Pursue me at all times. The energy is changing. My energy, says your God. Sculpt this nation with my words, my ways. Amen. So and that's, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's awesome. That's a drop and the mic moment right it's there. It's a, a good word. And so we've kind of been just discussing sculpt mm-hmm. and what that means. And so like when we prayed on Friday night, we were definitely using God's words. And, yes. you know, he has said many times about how important forgiveness is. And so, you know, we're asking forgiveness for the ungodliness that's mm-hmm. going on and the desire to remove God from this nation by the enemy and um, saying no to it by the word of God. Mm-hmm. It's been awesome. Definitely has. I'm going to um, go through this final paragraph of the Declaration of Independence here. Then we're going to wrap this episode. And the next episode, we're going to go back to appealing to heaven releases the angelic heavenly host to fight on our behalf. And we're going to talk about examples modern day and um, previously of angelic help in time of conflict, mm-hmm. okay? Because there's some absolutely powerful stories of when people appealed to God for help and protection, he delivered big time. Right. So I'm going to read this here, the final paragraph of the Declaration of Independence. We, therefore, the representatives of the United States of America in general Congress, assembled appealing to the supreme judge of the world, for the rectitude of our intentions, do in the name and authority of the good people of these colonies solemnly publish and declare that these united colonies are and of right ought to be free and independent states, that they are absolved from all allegiance to the British crown, and that all political connection between them and the state of Great Britain is and ought to be totally dissolved, and that as free and independent states they have full power to levy war, con- conclude peace, contract alliances, establish commerce, and to do all their other acts and things which independent states may of right do. And for the support of this declaration, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledged each other to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. That's awesome. That's a big-time appeal to heaven. Right, right. Saying, God, we are asking for your help in the establishment of this nation. And committing this nation to him. Amen. Yeah, uh, our appeal to heaven meeting is going to be on Memorial Day Monday, and we are going to plan to start at around two ish. Two thirty, I think. Yeah, and um, we're thinking to just pray until the Holy Ghost quits. Yeah, and you're also going to do, I think, a little bit of a teaching because they're going to have some people here that aren't. At least we're believing to have people mm-hmm. here that may not have really even heard about the flag that much because we're asking right. friends to in- invite somebody that they know that might be interested in history mm-hmm. that would come alongside and and um, get the information. Yes. 
So mark your calendars. Um, get here if you can. And if not, we were talking to, I mentioned our friend Catherine uh, earlier in the broadcast. Uh, if you can't get here but would like to participate, mm-hmm. call a meeting where you're at. Right. Gather some people and pray. We'll send you all the stuff that we have on it. Obviously, you definitely go back and listen to the podcast. You'll get right. all of the teaching, basically, that we have on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, grab some of the stuff from Dutch Sheets. The Appeal to Heaven book is, is amazing. Um, and really just delve into it so we can kind of get the scope of this. What our desire is, our heart's desire is to appeal to heaven on behalf of the United States of America. Right. Because it's all we have left right now. Mm-hmm. And that's the best place for us to be, in all honesty, as believers, is having nothing left but God. Because then <laughs> our trust goes 100% right. completely to Him, yep. and we're not looking to any outside influence as, oh, this might be a channel, or oh, this might be a channel, or oh, this might be a channel. It's God, help! That's good. So, anyway, thanks for joining us. We will. And I did just oh, yeah. want to say about the meeting is that we're going to pray, we're going to uh, share, like, probably share scripture, share a little mm-hmm. bit of teaching, like Michael share about the flag. And then we're going to fellowship afterwards. So we're kind of thinking that we'll have the grill ready. And if you want to bring along like something to make for a meat for your family or you, and then um, like a dish to pass. Mm-hmm. We're going to so, have a lot of fun. It's going to be yeah, great. It's going to be an opportunity to be together it will. in the presence of God. No better place to be. I got that. Huh? <laughs> Well, thanks, everybody. Uh, We appreciate your support. We love you much, and we will see you, we'll talk to you next time. Thanks a lot.